building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. This is Chris Crawford, founder and president of Kick-Ass Media. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, and just thrilled. I'm rested. I'm ready to go because I needed to be ready with our for our amazing entrepreneur on the show today. Chris Crawford lives the entrepreneurial hero's journey story. He's founder and fearless leader, and we're going to talk about that in the show, of kick ass media. Richard Branson will be very proud of you doing that. An experiential printing company for events and a movement that is about creating business that people love to be a part of. From finding himself broke, living in the basement of his girlfriend's parents' place, Chris has climbed his way to success from the very bottom, coming together with an amazing team every day to be creative and work on amazing projects. Chris's story is an inspiration to any business owner trying to overcome the challenges of growth, marketing, sales, running out of money. Oh, boys, we've all done that. Building the team and self-doubt. Chris takes any chance he can get to inspire business owners to overcome adversity and chase their dreams. You you know you're leaning in on, on this particular conversation. With no expectation to own a multi-million dollar company, Kick-Ass Media has an international client list that includes companies like Google, Disney, 20th Century Fox, and more. Perhaps that is what happens when you start listening to your unsatisfied and unfulfilled heart and take your courage and freshly printed business cards with you on your door-to-door journey to sell your business. I love our script writers. They really know how to capture it. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Chris about marketing, sales, creating outside culture, and the illusion of cash flow equaling profit or success. Chris kick-ass media Crawford welcome to the show wow thank you thanks so much I'm I'm super excited to be here that intro fired me up hearing it they are yeah. they are good writers so that's yeah yeah they do a that's really great. good job 
Well, look, uh, you know, um, you've, you've been on the top, up the mountain, down the mountain, on the roller coaster and so on. I want to dive right into, first of all, the illusion of cash flow, because I think that's where ultimately where things start to fall apart with that illusion. Can you talk how cash flow shields our vision when we look at profit and success? Uh, and and when, you, when you do that, there's a higher level educational piece there, but then there's the, also your journey piece too. So dig into how, how you came about that uh, uh, thought process as part of your journey with Kickass? Yeah, certainly. Uh, as you heard in the intro, there, there it was basically leaving a corporate career to follow that feeling unfulfilled, unsatisfied, starting a business, thinking I've got business cards, this is going to be awesome, and in a year, uh, in the whole credit cards maxed out, um, you know, creditors calling, moving into my girlfriend's parents' basement, feeling like an absolute loser and a total failure, and kind of going, what am I doing? From yeah. there, there's a long story and lots of details we'll get into, but essentially five years later, maybe four to five years later, uh, having grown, hired, and uh, really found a way to connect with customers and sell. I remember when we were hitting 100000 per month in revenue, which felt to me like just like I won the won the World Series. We literally cracked champagne and we're celebrating. And then the very next week, I'm going, I don't know if I'm going to make payroll. Crazy. It's just crazy. Amazing. And stepping mm-hmm. back and going, okay, you, we've got a million dollar business now. Uh, I've overcome these challenges. I feel we've got cash coming, going super confused about it. Uh, talking to my bookkeeper and saying, what are you seeing? Like what's going on here? Why am, mm. why am I in this place? And them saying, no, you're fine. You, you've got a great base, like things are fine. And, and I'm scratching my head coming back going, okay, something doesn't add up and hitting this point where I recognize that, that, that we have misaligned goals. So I, I looked at the goal of my bookkeeper and I was thinking, what is their goal really? And, and I thought, well, they're looking at trying to keep our taxes low. And in order to keep taxes low, you don't want to show profit. So to them, we're succeeding, but interested, right? So me, that's not my goal, <laughs> my, mm-hmm. right? My goal is some profit. I, I want to make some money. And so I kind of hit this point where I'm like, I think I need a better handle on what's happening with our books. Where, where's our money going? And started to teach myself uh, understanding finances and, and bookkeeping. And uh, that led me down a, a crazy rabbit hole. But it, it really gave me this insight of money in, money out, cash flow. That is not success and that is not profit. Uh, right. It, it doesn't matter what's coming in. It's it's what do you keep? And right. That's when we're we're always refining that. We're always working on that. It's a you know, and I know a lot of our audience is going to say, yeah, I get it, Rivers. But there's still a ton of people on this call that don't understand um, that aspect of it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Mm-hmm. And also underlying that is a, a a mirage, if you want to call it, of the fact that accounts receivable is actually cash. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, certainly. Well, so. I had always looked at a sale as the, I, I, I learned to sell this journey and I always looked at a sale as the moment the client said yes. And we, we sent that out. And <laughs> so we were tracking uh, sales that were closed by the sales team. So my mentality was 
more Neat. leads, yeah. more closed sales, success. And it took me a long yeah. time to get to a place of where it was. And I actually, um, you know, something I definitely want to talk about is bringing the right talent around you. And I hired a general manager and he started to ask the question of like, well, perhaps we could look at a sale at a different point in that transaction and, and kind of shifting the focus to, well, a sale is a sale when we collect the money. And when I started to kind of get some different perspective on this and recognizing that because I've had that focus, I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was everything that's sitting in our receivables, that's cash outstanding. And there were, there was points where like, I think around that time when we were a hundred thousand a month in revenue and we had 80,000 on our receivables, Holy crap! right. And, and sitting here going, I can't make payroll. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got like 80 to a hundred grand owed to us from clients yeah. 30 to 60 days, like this, something's wrong here. No idea what, I, what, what was going on. And, you know, I, I didn't have the education or experience around me. So I was trying to figure it out as I went and really yes. recognizing that, okay, just sales and cash. And there's, there's a whole picture here that I'm missing, but it's, but some of that stuff falls in our blind spot and we, we're not even aware of what we're missing. So um, I want to I want to wrestle to the point where first of all I have, I have a two point question is why do you think with something so blatantly obvious that a lot of entrepreneurs get in trouble with it and I think you're going to segue to the part where you surround yourself with the right people to start out of the gate who can give you that knowledge don't think you know everything along the way um, is 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 it okay not to know everything and <laughs> as you're heading forward because you know I've been an entrepreneur for 22 years and I'm still learning yeah yeah I I yeah, God, there's so much in that alone. <laughs> and, and it's a never ending lesson, just a constant lesson of how much more can the more I can pull my ego out of the way, the more yes. the, the more I'm removing mm. myself as a barrier to the growth of my company, uh-huh. like hands down. Um, yeah, it, it certainly was that not knowing what I don't know and the uh, and, and the pulling the talent. I think oftentimes we focus where we're strong. And, and we value yes. where we're strong. So we ignore where where I don't always love to use the word weak, but but essentially that where, where we're not as strong, we're not as a skill, we don't value it as much. Yeah. So we ignore that. And for me, my strength, marketing sales, that that was my zone. So my entire I always look at the leader in the company, I believe, shapes the the culture, really shapes the focus of the entire team. And so where I'm looking, the team's looking. And if I'm looking at marketing and sales, the team's looking at marketing and sales. Okay, great. We're going to get top line revenue. But if nobody here is valuing or focusing on our bottom line or our cost control, what does that really look like? And so it's I always think of who are you, but who do you need? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm a, uh, I, my audience is sick of me talking about this, but I'm a big fan of the New England Patriots, and I just look at the way they coach. Is that you know Tom Brady doesn't mm-hmm. catch the ball, and, and even mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, he doesn't catch the ball. But the, the point is, is that there's a role mm-hmm. to play, and you fulfill that role. But there's still are other roles that need to be fulfilled. And uh, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Um, I, our, now our audience is going to want to know this because I did reference it. Um, how long did you stay in your girlfriend's basement? 
<laughs> yeah, it, w- it wasn't too long. So actually, the story almost gets a little worse from that point. I, <laughs> oh, beautiful. I, 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 I hate to say it. <laughs> I hate to say it. So yeah, I was in I was in Toronto. I was in my little one bedroom apartment, and I just couldn't afford to stay there. And I quit, and and or I I moved out. I move into my girlfriend's parents' basement. They they were away for the winter in Florida, and so I spend the the winter there, which is basically St. Catharines. And I I take the Greyhound from there to Toronto, and then I'm literally going door to door, handing out flyers, riding the 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 Toronto TTC. If you're familiar the the transit, yeah. And I'm and I'm going door to door and uh, just borderline begging for sales almost, and. Uh, and then I would go and, and there'd be times when I do that all day and I didn't want to, I wanted to do it the next day and I didn't have the money for a hotel. I didn't have anywhere to stay. So sometimes I would just sit at the bus station and I would just, wow. I would just sleep in my seat or, um, or I'd go to the airport and I'd crash out there cause you just blend in with travelers. And so I, I can remember one time, you know, sleeping at the bus stations in sitting up, right. And getting up in the morning, you don't really sleep. And I'm, I'm unshowered. I'm in clothes from the day before. And I go in the, the bathroom to clean up for the day, right. To go out and try to get uh-huh. sales. And, I, and I'm in this bathroom and it stinks like urine, this graffiti all over. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm just thinking, you know, how did, how did I get myself to this place? But also this won't last. I, yes. I was just so fixated wow. on where I was going you know, and sometimes we get we get in this situation where we're where we know where we can be, we know where we want to go, and our current circumstance doesn't face that, and and we we can get in this pull of like I don't want to quit because I know where I can be, mm-hmm. and I think that's the that's the entrepreneurial spirit to me is what how deep will we drive to stay true to the vision that we have and 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 keep getting pulled towards it so i i was in that place and i just it, people were friends were like dude you know come on man like mm. maybe you should go back to that job and to me i was like that's worse like i i know that path i don't want to go down that path anymore um so I, I spent the winter there and then I moved back to my hometown. I, I was from a small town to sort of regroup and yep. kind of go, what am I going to do? And I started to teach myself uh, how to build websites. I, I didn't know anything about it. I just found this little online free or it was like $14 a month. You could build your own website. I mean, it's not like WordPress and what we have now, but it was this drag and drop builder. And I, I just started studying and learning and reading and, and watching videos and everything I could about websites and traffic. And I, I slowly started to learn number one is how to get people on a website. And then number two was how to get them on the phone from the website. And I just obsessed about that. Like that became my obsession. And I would almost say it still is in a way it's, it's shaping even what we're doing now. Um, but I, once I got that first bit of traffic and I, I remember the first time the phone rang and somebody called and we we're like, Hey, I saw you online. I was curious about this. Mm. And I just was like, it, it was like my heart wanted to jump out of my chest because I was like, <laughs> if I can do it once, this is it, this is repeatable. And it just, that, fueled the fire. I, it just fired me right up. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And so, and so you, you, you really stopped going door to door uh, in the begging mode and became fixated on how do I ultimately provide value to my customers in such a way that they want to reach out to me reactively versus me trying to pull exactly. them in. Yep, exactly. Love it. I do have to ask you one one question um, with regards to that that point when you were you know you were mm. you were hungry. One of my favorite motivational speakers is Les Brown, and he always I'll says, "Are you hungry?" Love him. Yeah, that great. I mean, lo- it's just a great guy. Do you think? Do you think that everybody? who's an entrepreneur has to go through that deep, deep discovery process, either through the fact I've got another opportunity or I am really feeling this hard, like a deep, deep search in order for them to really get to that next level of their mm-hmm. journey. It, um, you know, the reason I say that I was, um, I went through an embezzlement on one of my, one mm-hmm. of my businesses. And I remember talking to my entrepreneur friends and they went, yeah, yeah it's the right passage. <laughs> is this the right of passage? You know, they didn't care. It's just, you gotta yeah. go through it. Do you think that's the case? Uh, that is such a tough question because it, it kind of says that we all have to go through our, uh, I, yeah, I, I think to some degree, I, I really feel that when I look at a business, I feel it is a mirror reflection of us. Like Mm -hmm. in the business, I can see my own weaknesses and my strengths and my focus. Everything is right there looking back at me. And so we'll run into those challenges. Like, for example, with with the cash flow and the profitability. Well, I was somebody who was not great with my personal finances. I was a bit of a spender. I wasn't a great budgeter. So therefore, that shows up in my company and in a way that forces me to have to evaluate that. Um, If there's maybe the way that I treat people is is for some reason not great. Well, chances are that's showing up in my personal life, too. And so I, I do think that a business is an opportunity to present you with those those challenges to grow through and, you know, even where you are now, I mean, you're probably also running into your next, what is your next level? And same for me, we're looking at mm-hmm. what is our mm-hmm. next level now? So do I think everybody has to get to a point where they sleep at a bus station? I mean, for, <laughs> geez, I, I, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, everybody's going to be when they go to the to the airport or the or the train station or the bus station. Now, after listening to this, they're going to say, "I wonder which ones are the entrepreneurs <laughs> just hanging out." Sure, very sure. cool. Okay, sorry, go sure. ahead. But I do, I do. I think there's, I think there's a little bit there. I think we all we all run into it, and some of this is the there's always the next, yeah, just the next level. And whether it's a, a person that is on their own, maybe they've mm-hmm. just got their idea and they want to start. And it's what is their barrier at that point to get going? And then you get going and what's your barrier now to right. hire people? Can you give up control? Can you can you give up perfection? And, and then, okay, you got a few people. Now, now you're still an opener operator. What do you got to do to step really into the owner role and have the bird's eye view? You, you know, there's more giving up control and, and more getting over those fears. And it just it just keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it really does, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a believer that that you're that I'm a believer in the universe, and I think you are tested along the way to see how exactly hungry you are in order to keep on this journey, this gift in front of you. So, uh, thanks for letting me go down that rabbit hole with you. But I want to get back to Kickcast Media, and I want to talk about you know, um, I, I guess getting back to that point where you started to do the studying, you know, the deep-hearted studying. What was the 
what was the the, the, the the point in your in your brain where you said this is where I want to focus on for my business and then take us through you know that first six months the year with your business some some highlights of uh, of that journey that you think our sure. audience should hear about so first off rivers my first idea was just sometimes we just need something just to get our butt out the door and get started. So the very beginning idea, I've been at this company for eight, nine years and, and was unhappy, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a high school dropout. I I don't, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to university. I'm just scrappy the, the, you know, kind of the underdog that's always been sort of fighting my way along. And, so I worked my way up. I'd, I'd lied about my education a little bit, and nice. we, we we won't go too deep into that. But it, that's no, it's what, okay. It's okay. Everybody, I gotta tell you, I was in. I do this all the time when I when I start talking. I use the business model canvas, and, and I when I train people, and I te- tell them it's a cheat sheet, and sure. I say, how many people here have ever cheated on a right. test? Yeah, yeah. You know, ninety nine percent have said, yeah, I cheated on a test. So of course you right, cheated. Right. You're a rebel, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So. So that was it. And, and so I got this job and it was a great job. And, and I, uh, I come from a little bit of a poor family, single mom in her teens. And, mm-hmm. uh, we struggled hard when I was young. So the fact that I'd had this corporate job and was, was earning, you know, more money than, than I think I'd even expected and, and just had this, and it was a, a great thing in my family. And I was kind of looked up mm-hmm. to a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, but I was miserable. And I was sort of at that place where I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't want to stay here, but I was afraid to leave. You know, that place where you're, it's like, which fear is worse. Yes. Right. And so I was torn in the middle and I'm like, I don't even know what I would do. And one day I was talking to this one girl and I, I was just like, I got to do something. And she's like, well, what do you like? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I like music. And she's like, well, do something with music. I'm like, what am I going to do there? So I, I come up with this random idea. I'm going to do promotional materials for bands. That's the idea. That's the idea. And that's why kick-ass media is because it's a little edgy. And so I make my business cards and a stamp. I, for some reason, a stamp was a a key piece of it. And of course, right. For whatever reason. And I set out. And so the next six months is basically me going to bars, handing them a business card and then going, okay, wait a minute. These people don't have any money to spend. Like they're, they're eating craft dinner and hot dogs and playing like local bar gigs. And I'm like, this yeah. idea isn't working. And so it yes. was that sort of shift from there to, okay, just a, a tweak in my products. I'm, I'm going to go more mainstream printing and signage and then businesses. So shift in product, shift in, in customer. And that my mentality at that time was literally, if I can sell it, I'll figure out how I'm going to deliver it. That was, that was it. So it was, I, I had just stumbled into recognizing there was outsourcers I could hire and I made up my flyers and I was literally going and just sparking conversations with people. And I found there's, there's a, I think industry average is like one to 3% close rate. And I actually got to where I was maybe getting about a 5%. So the door, the right door on. to door was working, but that's still 95 to 97% rejection. Right. And, and right. walking in the door of somebody working hard, what are you doing here? Quit bugging me. So it was really getting used to selling and building relationships, which I think, mm. I think we're in alignment on that a lot of people uh, are really nervous about sales or don't think they're good at selling, uh, are some sort of discomfort around that. Um, and that, I learned that early on. That's one of the most important skills I feel that we need to develop. Is that, um, and just on that, 
that area of relationship building, marketing, and sales, uh, is that a, a, would you say that's the major barrier for why people do not regard it as something that, one, they're comfortable with, and two, therefore will not give it the respect and, and, and attention that it should because they're looking at it the wrong way as how they mm. should approach it? Oh, hundred uh, percent. Completely agree. I, I remember being in a room, going to an events event once I was invited to, and there was maybe 250 people. And the speaker says, who here likes to sell? Like, does, does anybody here really like to sell? And I was the only person in the room that put their hand up. And then later I started to realize that my business was, uh, I don't know how to, how to put this gently, but my business was one of the more successful of everybody in the room. And I thought, what an interesting correlation. Like I've, I, I've associated this positive to when I sell something is when I provide value. Right. And the, the word sale, it's like we've gotten so afraid of that. Um, so I definitely do. I think that that's a I love sales. I, I love it. I talk sales with people all day long and I see it like what is the thing that the value that the problem the person has and how are you fixing that problem? And you fix it the moment you sell something. That's so, it. Um, in your business. What are some of the 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 I, I'm gonna not gonna say tricks because that's unfair to you. Uh, what are some of the strategies that you've adopted over your time period? If kick ass me, I love the freaking name, man. It's just so ballsy. It really is. It says everything about your personality. And we're gonna get into culture here in a sec as to how you deliver a kick ass as culture. But um, how did uh, you know what? Because our 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 audience is ninety. Five percent. They hate mm. sales. Mm-hmm. They just hate it. So okay, you, you got to look mm. at it a different mindset. But what are some hacks that you think that people would really relate to, and they could implement in their business in the next thirty days that could impact their 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 sales right away? Yeah, I've got it. Okay, so this is the thing. So for anybody listening, this is a point you want to grab your pen and paper because I'm going to give you an exact. I'll tell you our recipe cool. right to a T. And this is this is basically me. Ten years of really mapping this down to the point of where we now do this for clients, this exact process. So what I learned as I moved online was that people have, they have a need, but they're focused on generally a problem, challenge, or desire that they're currently dealing with. And where sales is done wrong is we'll recognize that, hey, this problem has, or this person has this problem or challenge. So I'm going to pitch myself uh-huh. as the solution to that. But they're not ready to hear that yet. And so what we do is we literally outline it. Step number one is we identify what is the problem, challenge, whatever. And we talk about that. So whether it's on a website, uh-huh. in a live talk, one-on-one in a sales conversation, it doesn't matter where it is. First step we always do is we get in alignment by recognizing the challenge that the person is having and honoring that. And then we start to educate like, Uh, did you know, and we'll use that language all the time. Are you aware of, did you know? And we start to talk about how that problem can be fixed. Not saying we're fixing it, but it can be changed. It can be fixed. This is, this happens in our web, in our, our videos online. It happens everywhere. Once we create that new awareness, it's like we've shifted their belief away from, I've got this problem that's not fixable to wait, I can fix it. We now go. Step three is we share what are things that they're unaware of when it comes to Mm -hmm. fixing this problem? So we've all got our own expertise. Our customers or potential customers don't know the things they don't know. 
So our job as experts in our industry, whatever that may be, is to now educate them on the things that they don't know that they don't even mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And when you when you nail this, you you see people have these they have ahas and the light bulbs go off. You build trust. You build outstanding relationships. They they want to work with you. They want to connect you. And at that point, you just position yourself as the solution. And I love to, to use words like, hey, if this sounds right for you, I'd love to invite you to have a conversation right. with us and, right. and see how this can look. And it's it's not selling. It's it's really educating, serving, helping them learn what they're trying to do. And then at that point, you position yourself. And so we do this on our websites. We do this in our, in, like I said, in our sales team. And it is outstanding the result. Like if, if somebody's searching, uh, so we, we work with big brands from all over North America and when they're searching out the products that we're working with, the, the difference between us and our competitors online, like it is, they're talking features right. of their product and, and, and all these buzzwords like integrity mm-hmm. service and all this stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. And we're talking about the problem that the customer is facing and all the things they want to, they should consider when trying to solve it. And people call us and big brands, like we're on the phone weekly with companies like Google and Disney, 20th Century Fox, and they're calling up and going, I don't know what it is about you guys, but I just had to call and I just wanted to talk to you. So cool. And it is, it's night and day difference and it's understanding how to, how to educate. So that's the formula that, that we use down to a T and then we, we end that with, um, Two more quick, quick notes on that is the next step is to hit on objections right up front because you know the objections they're going to have. Talk about it. Most people have this common objection. And then lastly, it, uh, uh, what we call a heart close. If this doesn't work for you right now, that that's cool. What I'd recommend is consider that. So they're walking away, not feeling sold. They're walking away feeling like at least you're giving them value and they're going. And if you, if when you shape that out, you, you don't feel like you're selling, yeah, you feel like wonderful. you're serving. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I tie into so much of what you're talking. One of my favorite phrases is, look, I, I, the, there's two things I don't want to do. And the first one is I don't want to waste your time. And mm. the second one is that I don't want to waste my time. Mm. So if, if mm-hmm. it's not a fit, it's going to be okay. And it just, you, you could, you could feel the walls going down when you're talking. And, and interesting enough, when you start to take it away from them, they actually start to run to you to, uh, to find out more. I got to ask you this question. Um, with regards to customer discovery, because obviously there's a, there's two two customer interactions um, in a broader sense. One is bef- with that initial contact, but then second of all, there's that ongoing relationship knowledge base. What what do you do? Uh, somebody from Google calls you out of the blue. Uh, is there a formula that you use in that discovery process of learning what their problem is? Because you don't have the luxury of going on LinkedIn ahead of time and say, well, who's Rivers Corbett? Is, can you talk about that? And then after that, how do you dig deeper and deeper and deeper? Because the first order is nice, but the fifth order is when you're really doing something cool. We have that down to uh, basically a one, two, three combo. That's that's what we talk about. So st- okay, so number one okay. is understand. Uh, we just understand Tell me about your event. What are you up to? Tell us about your goals. Uh, have you had past? We just start asking questions and we we just try to get everything we can out of that person. And we have one thing that we call uh, internally, we call it MoFax. So it's the motivating factors. 
And we like to look at the deeper level of what is motivating this person in their job, in this event. Uh, what What is it about them? Is this about right. wanting to nail it for their client or for their boss or for their audience or for the new product? Like, what at the root of it does this person care about in their life? So when we get to that, then then we know what we're really what we're talking about, because we can talk about what we care about, but we want to know where, where they're at. So step number one is always, we kind of, we go into that and we probe, and those are uncomfortable conversations, uh, questions sometimes. And we, we do a lot of role plays here right. and we talk about that. And actually just even before this, my sales manager and I, we, we were just reflecting on some of this a little bit. And that, that layer, sometimes it's uncomfortable to go there. But we we try to push there. Uh, number two, then, is we always make recommendations at that point based on uh, that. It kind of goes back to the educating. And then number three, this is a crucial one that I think most people are uncomfortable with, is we test close. We always test close. So if we're talking to somebody, we'll say... How does that sound? Does mm. this sound? Does this work for you? Um, and oftentimes people will say, "Yeah, that sounds okay. I got to go back to my team, or I've got to go back to X decision maker." And and then we'll say, "Well, what objections do you think they might have?" And it gives it gives them the opportunity to put ah. the pressure off themselves. But you know what? My boss might think it's too expensive. Yes. At which to me lets us know we didn't do step one and two right. Right. So we always do that. Like it's a check in and. But it can be uncomfortable. Go. How does that sound? Do you want to go ahead? It sounds so simple the w- the way I'm saying it. But I'd I'd love to challenge, especially some yeah. of the listeners here, to to try that when you're talking to a client of ask that question. Let and it it brings up. Are you on pace? Do they feel comfortable? Do they feel like they're being sold, or what? And so that's that's the the step one. Now into the second part of your question, the follow up and to continue on, which is something that we're always working mm-hmm. on improving. It goes back to that when you know what the motivating factors were in the very first call, then after their purchase, after their event, after whatever it may be, we'll follow up and that's the question we want to ask. So for example, we've got a really great story we share here often of we did a project with Cartoon Network and we were dealing with an intern and the intern was saying, this project may get me the job. Like if I... If I bomb this, I may not get a job here. So everything was on the line for this person. So, right. So then the whole conversation is about, look, this is the best thing you want to do. This is what's going to nail it. This is, you're going to blow away your boss. Going to, this is going to be it. And then after it's, how did they love it? How did it go? And, and and at that point, and they did get the job. And now that, that guy, like he will not buy anywhere else. Right. he will never buy anywhere totally else again, but, but we serve at that level, you know, like we, we connect at that level. So yeah. it's the, the follow-up starts call one where you get in alignment. You're not selling. You're looking, you're looking deeper at what is this person really, what's going on in their life. And now that just becomes your whole thing. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, and you know, again, another Another area I talk a lot about is that business is a dating game. And ultimately, you want to get to the altar with these people. Yeah. And so then all love of a sudden, it. you get love and a connection and, and allegiance and loyalty, whatever. And uh, boys, when that happens, then, then really the magic happens. Um, Kick-Ass Media, uh, can you – because I, I, I want to send people your way. So can you um, – I, I, I do want to get into the conversation around culture and all that kind of stuff. But I, I want you to give a – 
a 60 second overview because we've talked about approaches, but mm. what is it that you're, we talk print, we talk business cards, we talk yeah. web, you know, can you give a 60 second pitch if you want to call it on, <laughs> why should somebody go to that website? Because Google and all the other ones are doing, what's the, what's the, yeah. what's the, what's the raison d'etre? <laughs> It's a it's a great question because we're what just over half an hour in here and people probably still have no idea what we <laughs> really no do. Exactly. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It, it's it's perfect. Maybe just come to us for anything. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. except marriage advice. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That might be it. Um, so we now have a, a couple different zones that we're in. We we spent a lot of years as I moved online. We learned the. Uh, we started to focus away from just signage and, and printing, and we went into the realm of trade show displays. Uh, we do a lot of branded displays for um, events, for campaigns that companies will do. We have uh, companies like LG, Samsung that are doing cell phone launches. They'll come and, and we'll brand out their entire launch. Uh, or we'll have just, you know, a local small business owner going to a trade show. We do a lot of movie premieres, the backdrops for the red carpet events and stuff like that. So that's the core of what we grew into. We, we've started to pivot early this year into now offering to business owners all the stuff I just talked to you right, about. Right, right. This is what I'm really passionate about is seeing that so many are struggling with growing their marketing, growing their sales. We've got such an awesome view of it and such talent around it that now we're going in a couple fronts. And on one, it's I'm starting to do some educational online teaching all of our processes. Uh, and then the other is we're bringing clients on and going through this whole thing of how to create a real brand strategy and build their web and, and create the content. And, and we're just getting into that. It's really exciting. That I'm is loving it. it. Yeah. And by the way, you went over a minute. So uh, bad, bad pitch, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. And I knew you would. I knew you break, you break rules all the time. I can, I, I, know, do. I know you do. Uh, so, uh, and again, I've got some more questions, but uh, Kick-Ass Media, is it, uh, what's the, the website address and, um, and is it Chris Crawford on LinkedIn? Because I don't want people to to not have the opportunity to follow up with you personally yep certainly so definitely chris crawford on linkedin you google kick-ass media you're going to find us all over our website is actually kmedia.ca yes uh, so it's the short form facebook uh, slash kick-ass media uh, my personal website, chriscrawford.ca, any of those resources. And I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody that wants to reach out yeah. uh, direct to me through pretty much any of those channels as well. I'm, I'm always, I get fired up to talk to people about their businesses. It's a, uh, I mean, just the, the educational play at the end of that, uh, that pitch you talked about, I think is invaluable uh, for mm -hmm. that. Let's talk about, uh, one of my, you, you're bringing out a lot of similarities of my philosophies in life, and I believe you're successful mm -hmm. in business when you zag when everybody else zigs you play in a very mm -hmm. competitive competitive world yet you mm -hmm. have uh, figured out uh, up to this point anyway as to what you mm -hmm. need to do to really move uh, up to the top of the mountain and beyond um, tell us about kick-ass media from a cultural perspective because that has to really be what what eats everything else in your organization Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I actually, Rivers, I would say that this is quite possibly the most important part of this whole conversation is, is this right here. And it took me a while to learn it. Um, I, I look at a business, I look at the, the 
that there's six core areas that, that we should focus on. So it's marketing is one, sales, our actual delivery of our product or service, our financials, uh, legal to a small degree, because you always want to be safe, sure. and culture, yeah. and culture. And so we're always looking across those. What's our goal? What's our vision in each one of those zones? So as a side note to, to smaller business owners, I would definitely say look at your at your business across those areas and set goals in each. You want to anyway, repeat those again if you could? Yeah, love to. So marketing, essentially attracting people in, sales, closing the people that you've attracted, the delivery of your actual product or service or, or your good, um, your financials, so being clear on where money's going, the cash flow, uh, legal, which may, may not require a lot of time, but just constantly checking in, where can I improve? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then culture, what are, what are we doing? Because I believe that most people, especially as you build teams, most people will have a base financial need, but once that's met, financials is not going to motivate them long-term. It's, they want growth. They want, they want to be challenged. And where I got to those areas was as we were growing, I remember we hit the hundred thousand and, and I celebrated. And then it was only maybe a year or two years later, I had a handful of people quit all at once. Mm. And I was kind of like, what is going on here? Like, like I, I'm, I'm building this for them. Like, don't, don't they? And I was confused, but the number one feedback was they didn't feel supported. Right. And they didn't feel, they didn't feel supported because I was just in my lane, Mm -hmm. which was marketing Mm -hmm. and sales, Mm -hmm. marketing and sales, Mm -hmm. marketing and sales. So then I wasn't focused on how do I support? How do we help them feel, uh, just support it, build out better processes, everything in that. And it really hit me in the gut and I sat back and said, okay, I need to make this area a priority. And it wasn't that I didn't care. It was just, I felt like, hey, I'll just attract people around me and I'll just let them do their thing and I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And so whatever micromanaging is, I'm at the complete other end of that. <laughs> High five. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which also doesn't serve the team. No, they, they, they need structure, guidance, focus. So over the years, I've gotten to the point where I realized my entire purpose of having this company is for the people. It It's really about, I want to attract great people around, create an environment people just love to be in, that we do a great thing, we work hard, play hard, and, and people love it. And I think the growth is the biggest piece of that. And so a couple little little things that have clicked for me over uh, just kind of a couple of realizations. Sure. W- one is recognizing what people are owners of. And so I define an owner of something as an area that somebody is so pulled towards that they're passionately curious. They think about it. They go home. They wake up. They're like, oh, I, I should do this thing and, and I could, should try this. They're, they talk about it like they – they become passionate to solve or improve the zone they're in. And there's a key thing that happens when you plug in people that operate like that in, into places on your team. It's crazy what they'll come up with and, and get out of their way, like stand back and let them improve it. Let Cause they will grow and take off. And a lot of people don't even know what they could be owners of until they're given the chance to come in and see what sort of comes out naturally. Cause most people are going maybe, maybe most at some, especially entry level are coming in and just going, I want a job. 
and I'll do anything. I'll just come in and maybe they have their area of expertise, but even within that. And so we've really watched this sort of owner's zone mm-hmm. kind of emerge and it's, it's been super powerful. And then we, I talk about personal development, personal growth a lot in here. Our Monday morning meetings generally are things talking about uh, limitations that we ran into, uh, how we were unclear with communication, what it means to take ownership when you're wrong, like deeper kind of uh, we hit on our values a lot. We talk a lot about that and the team, the team love it. They just they love those conversations. Uh, And then we've got beer taps and and cider (laughs) on on tap in here. So it's it's a fun work environment. It's laid back. It's fun. We're dealing with high profile clients unbelievably important projects, but at the same time, we're laughing and goofing off in here and having a great time, uh, with such a high standard. So it's, it's just a great environment. Congratulations on that. I, uh, um, I've got two more questions to end this mm-hmm. epic conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it, all the stuff, as they say, you resonate with me, well, if you also resonate with me, that your attention span won't last for three-hour conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Corbett, so. yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Um, you talk about your team and the culture and mm-hmm. the importance of it. And, I, and I'm presuming even though it was number six on your list, it is actually number one on your list because it really it pushes everything else. Um, but – you talk and you talked about the people that want to own that space of ownership and Monday morning excitement and so on. I'm sure you just don't bring them in to say, "Okay, look, you you're a great talent. Let's see if you fit with our culture." What are some of the? Give me one or two hacks you use to make sure that you got a Tom Brady. <sighs> oh my God, you're gonna love this. <laughs> uh, so we now do group interviews. That ah. uh, we we. At one time, I just hired the person that showed up at the door with a resume in hand. And I can tell you, you do not get talent that (laughs) way. Uh, Sometimes you do, (laughs) but you, but, but sometimes you you don't. And so now we're at the point where we (laughs) will, we'll do our post, uh, say a job, job posting. And we, we also have a lot of people that reach out now that know about us in our community. But for example, if we do a job posting, we, our job postings are pretty interesting. Usually I think the last one was talking about, uh, it had the main job description, but then also like Chuck Norris skills and like some fun things in the bottom. And then there's, there's our phone screen, which is just the the check-in let's see how it's going. Let's open it up. And then we do a group interview, usually with five to seven people where they come in and we're going to put them through so many random things. There may be a technical conversation about their area, or they may be doing, do you remember those drawings where it was two pictures and you had to find the diff- find the differences yes, between yes, the pictures. Yes. So we may get them to stand around and do that at some point. Nice. And, uh, and then we'll do stations where six members of the staff are going to talk one-on-one with each. Yeah. And so we just go through this whole confusion with them. And then we sit and we talk about each person after and we say, okay, cool. Like who has the best skill set? who do we feel is going to really own and fit within our culture? Like who I want the team to go, I really like this person. And we start to vote and we start to look at kind of what are the, the, maybe what could be our concerns. And so we'll usually get to a final interview and that's oftentimes with me that, as I'm sure you can tell by now, who knows where that final interview conversation with me is going to go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's, 
I'm trying to dig in. Do I feel we have some commonality in our values? Yes. And by that point, ah, that process, we nail it. The mm. rock stars we bring on through all that, it is our team kicks ass, literally. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, um, thank you for that. And I, and I, you're right. I d- didn't expect anything but that to you again to zag in that approach. And it's so amazing, you know, how many people don't spend time going through that appropriate. Isn't it? It's crazy. Just like people's yep. t- hiding away from, I, I'm no good at sales. Therefore we don't have to worry about that. We'll just build a widget. Yep. It's crazy stuff. We've talked yep. a lot about a lot. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah. I'm glad you picked up that, uh, we didn't talk about your company until half an hour in. And that, by the sure. way, talks about your your desire to give back and mm. uh, and uh, so congratulations on everything that you've accomplished and talking about accomplishment um, is your mom still with us she is yeah, she is yeah. yep so uh, what does she think of your journey she, I don't even know if she knows what to think <laughs> I, I I now I, I travel a lot I go to a lot of events uh, I'm right into personal development stuff so I go to all kinds of of interesting events right into Tony Robbins stuff sure. and uh, you name it and and I so I I drag my mom along <laughs> to some of these things and and we we do fun stuff we we this past year we had a float in our local Christmas parade and uh, it, it maybe I shouldn't get into details of how out of hand that night got here but <laughs> but. You know, I pulled my mom on the float, and uh, nice. she loves it. And yeah. she's just, yeah, she's my number one fan by far. That's by so far. Cool. What's her name? Don. Don. Shout out to yeah. Don. Chris's yeah. mom, epic mom. Uh, yeah. You you raised them good. You did a good yeah. job, Don. Congratulations. High five to you. And Chris, this has been a, an incredible conversation. Uh, I know that people are going to lean into chriscrawford.com and... Uh, .ca. And, uh, .ca, sorry. .ca and, um, and all the other kick-ass and LinkedIn's and so on because they should. If they don't, then uh, then good luck because I think you bring great value to, uh, to entrepreneurs and to uh, to your customers and, and and most importantly for me my 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 listeners so so thank you sir very much for your time it's been a great great conversation it, it's been my pleasure i i think as you can tell i'm at a point now where i am just passionate to share the my experiences and inspire business owners that's that's what's driving me now mm. is just delivering everything we can to other people so i love having this opportunity to to share here thank you Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 